0: Welcome back, everybody, to Story Matters—the podcast where we talk about books and storytelling and uh, movies and shows, but mostly books. I'm here with mostly. my host, uh, Heather. Yes. How are you doing Hello. today, Heather?
1: Yeah, it is like the afternoon drag, and I've had lunch. So okay. you know.
0: <laughs> Alrighty. So, uh, so while I know you were very excited. To get me to read uh, Stephen King's book, yeah, eleven twenty two sixty three, which I was, which I finally remembered the title after after reading the whole thing. I'm like, okay, I think I got it. Um, and now, <laughs> thank, and now thanks to Stephen assignment. King, I know exactly the date when uh, um, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. So, was if, assassinated, anybody, yeah. if anybody, if anybody asks me, the you know, one was JFK's assassinated, I will be able to say. Without without any effort, eleven twenty two sixty three. That was that was it happened. So yeah. So yeah. So I know you're very excited for me to read it, and I also uh, have been following uh, Daniel Green. He is a uh, much more popular than we are um, mm-hmm. uh, book YouTuber. Which um, kind of funny. I, I kind of like beat myself up over this because you know I always thought okay. If I'm going to talk about books, I should do it in a literary form, right? Like people who like to read will prefer to read blogs. But apparently Uh, even readers, even avid readers would prefer to just watch YouTube because Daniel Green has a lot of followers. Um, Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he did a video. And and I like the guy. I I think he's pretty good, and I like most of his his, uh, choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I like his insights. So uh, hopefully, you know, maybe someday he'll – I'll fall into his radar and, and maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll review one of my books. That'll be nice. Maybe. But who knows? I don't know. But anyway, yeah. but uh, but he has a Stephen King tier list, and he yes. listed all of his uh, favorite Stephen King books, and he put uh, it uh, in the A tier uh, right below the one book he put in the S tier, which was eleven twenty two sixty three. And I, and I know you are recommending it. Daniel Green's recommending like, Okay, I got you. Know, I got to read this book, and um, so I but did. Even so, I did. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and it was good. I liked it. Um, I I I guess just to, to, to go over um, what it's about. It's uh, loosely about the assassination of John F. Kennedy, uh, but it's not a yeah. history. It's not a history book. It's actually a time travel story. Mm-hmm. Um It is time travel.: It is a time travel, but I think you know, I think Stephen King does it. you know, I, I feel like, you know, we've sort of been saturated with time travel stories um, in books mm-hmm. and, and TV shows and movies. And I think he does it in a very unique way that avoids a lot of the pitfalls of time travel stories because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people you know they always bring up like the grandfather paradox and oh, you know yeah. <laughs> when they talk about like well you know if he has a time machine why can't he just go back in time and just fix every mistake that he ever that ever happened sure um, and he kind of solves that by coming up with very strict rules on how the time travel works yes it was very strict yeah <laughs> yeah and, yeah
1: like the character the main character really had to kind of strategically, and he like as the book goes on, he kind of strategically learns how to place his steps sure. in order to kind of facilitate the result he wanted um, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, but still kind of in the middle of all that, he's learning that that's not like something he can really actually get away with. So yeah,
0: well we have to well, let's avoid spoilers mm-hmm. for now in case anybody yeah doesn't want to be spoiled, but yeah, the way that I really like the way he describes it is, I guess there's like a, like a little doorway in uh, in the uh, in the restaurant in the burger restaurant storage room, mm-hmm. which uh, tickles me a little bit because I work in the restaurant. We have a storage room, so and the storage <laughs> room is, is very it's very yeah. messy and and there's stuff there from. Ten years ago that's you know collecting dust and uh yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, a time portal in, in our story. <laughs> so uh so basically he um, you know his friend who runs his burger joint he's always like man what you know how did he get away with selling a dollar fifty burgers in in the 2020 20, I think the book was written in what 2014 I think I want to say or 2011 uh
1: 2011
0: 2011 yeah, yeah. So, actually it was
1: published on my birthday.
0: Oh really? So was... Okay, so you <laughs> yeah, had, to, so you had cool. to. It was a. It was Kismet. You had to, to, to read it. So, yeah. Oh yeah, it was Kismet. Yeah. So he. So he basically. Um, yeah. So King describes it as like a bubble, kind of like a soap bubble that's like ready to pop at any moment, and it's just this weird anomaly in space time, and uh, and he finds that when he steps through the portal, he goes back to 1958 which is the same date that It took place. So there's a little bit of a crossover he does with his It stories, which I thought was really Mm -hmm. cool because I just read It. Um, So I was like, oh, cool. And I remember all the details from It and how he ties it together. I thought that was kind Mm -hmm. of neat. Of course, it takes place in Maine because I think every story has to take place in Maine. Um, Yes. Okay, I know know he doesn't always write about Maine, but he writes a lot about Maine.
1: He writes a lot about Maine. And I mean, that's just like you're always going to find those like Jumpovers overs between his worlds and his books. Sure. You know, there's always, he's always slipping in a reference to some other right, arm. Which is
0: cool, which I, yeah. I like that. And of course the main, uh, the main character is a writer slash teacher, uh, English teacher. So that seems to be where I think King, he, you know, he likes to write a lot about protagonists who are writers uh, which which I enjoy because I'm a writer, so I can definitely relate to to his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character was great, by the way. Uh, he he goes yeah. by two names: Jake Epping, mm-hmm. and then George. And George. To,
1: um, is it Anderson? Amberson.
0: Yeah. Amberson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because because when he goes back in time, he can't use his real name. Right. Um, and what's cool about it is that he can't go to any different time. He can only go back to 1958. So right, and he like can't he, go right. any
1: earlier than...
0: He can't go <laughs> earlier, he can go later. It has to be 1958. It has to be this minute, yeah. right. The and, then, and then when he goes back into the future, um, it's he's only been gone for two minutes. So when he goes back to 2011 he might spend years in 19 well in the 1950s and then go back to Mm -hmm. his time and it's only it's always only been two minutes yes and then the other thing is when he goes back to the past every time he makes a second jump it resets everything he does Mm -hmm. so uh so i thought that was really cool and again, it just it solves so many like time travel story problems, Yes. Uh, which I think was great. And um, and I think you know I, I think I I loved his character. It, it was kind of an everyman type character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not not the most unique in terms of personality, but I, I like. Yeah, that, not know? necessarily.
1: Yeah. yeah, and Stephen King's really good at just doing that every guy. You know, American, yeah, yeah, everyday, every everyday guy,
0: exactly, yeah. and and so. I could relate to him because he he had a very high, um, you know, very high sort of moral standard. I don't want to say I'm you know the, the a saint or anything, but I mean he right. really you can really sympathize with him because mm-hmm. he cared about people, and you know he you know there was a a student of his. That's really why I think. What really launches the story. Uh, is that there was a student of his who wrote a, a short story for class. And it was, you know, the assignment was the day that changed my life. And his day that changed his life is the day that his father came into his house on Halloween with a with a sledgehammer and basically mm-hmm. murdered his entire family. Murdered his family. Yeah, murdered his, his mom, murdered all of his his uh, siblings, and he's the only one that managed to get away and, and not get murdered. And so, of course, the kid suffers, you know, grew up suffering all this trauma. And now he's like an mm-hmm. old guy. He's like in his 60s, I think, when the story takes place, uh, when it starts in the present time. And the, the Jake, he's like, this is awful. And the first thing he thinks about when he finds out there's a t- way to go back in time, he thinks... Well, I have to I have to save this guy. This is awful. I have to prevent this from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was nice. That was nice. That, that made him to me that made him really, really likable and um, right. And I prefer that to all your edge Lord dark <laughs> characters that are so popular these days. Right, um, and people think no, I agree with you. People think that's really cool, or that's really you know, it, more, yeah. more realistic or something. I'm like, no, it's not realistic to be an asshole. I, I don't know. I don't know where people get this idea, but
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't,
0: don't know like, where people get. I like characters <laughs> yeah, yeah. that are nice and have values and want to help people, and I, I don't know why this is an extreme <laughs> position to take. And, position, you know, and the fact yeah. that Stephen King wrote this in. 2011, you know, means that, yeah, people are still interested in decency. I'd like to say, I don't know how else to express that. So Oh, no, I think so, too. Yeah,
1: I mean, and that was, it it definitely was, for me, a a refreshing change of pace, uh, especially as far as, like, a Stephen King uh, book, you know, for me, uh, because I had read so many of his more, like, horror, Mm -hmm. you know, directed books. Um, This one... And this book actually is the book that got me back into Stephen King after not reading him for so long.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
1: mm-hmm. he
0: still got it, you know, which which I really um, like. Uh, I think maybe it's interesting because what I did is I read Carrie, which is his first book. Then I read It, which is maybe toward the middle, early middle of his career. And then I wrote this, and then I read this one, which is toward the later part of his career. So, yeah, I think it was
1: 1986. So I think it was his first three books were Carrie, um, Carrie was in the Salem's 70s. Lot, yeah, and was it it or was there something? I think else yeah, it? I think it was in 1986. Well, yeah,
0: I think it was so. 1986. I think I got a good idea of his career, like his career, like his path, and sure, uh, and I love I love seeing how his styles changed and. Um, but I, I still think what he does really well he he still does it. Um, I, I think maybe he's toned down a little bit his uh, the, 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 the weirdness a, a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. but I think he he still knows how to to invest the reader in in his plot and his characters. And I think that's the most important thing. You have to care about what's going on you know and, and I think that's one of the hardest things to do as a writer as a good writer is just make the reader care um if you don't care then you're just you're just none of it's going to matter if you just don't care what's going on sure and so he so he knows how to do that i think and i think that's kind of the secret of his success
1: i you know when i when i first picked up this book uh i hadn't heard too much about it um i just heard it was really really good and i thought oh well you know i have to read this i guess and I, honest to God, you know, thought it was going to be a book about something completely different. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, you know, when it kind of gets to that, um, you know, you get to a certain point, and it starts introducing different characters,
0: and then you're like, oh, no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 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 I was maybe a little worried that it was just going to be a straight up like historical fiction. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah maybe, it just
1: ends yeah. up not being a historical fiction at all right the right. historic the his historicity of the book is secondary to the actual you know story about Jake more about the relationship he cultivates with uh, a school teacher
0: uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's actually so, uh, it's like a romance it's like a love story it
1: <laughs> it's a love story, yeah. <laughs> and I know I'm always out here going, "Oh, I just don't like that." But no, you, this is one know of those what? stories I, don't, just I don't
0: believe you anymore because you always say <laughs> I don't like love stories, but then you, you know, you really like Graceling And I, I, I argued th- that that was kind of a love story, <laughs> and then you know you like this. I, I, think you know what it is: is you like love stories that are well written, and, and I think sometimes love stories get a bad rap when they're badly think- done. Yeah,
1: I think love stories get a bad rap, and sometimes they're just really generic. And so, no, you are right. But, I mean, for me, a book doesn't have to have romance in it for it to be good. I don't know. It won me over, and, um, you know, and, of course, you're kind of wondering how all of this is going to cause conflict for him, and uh, which, obviously, all of this eventually does cause conflict uh, for Jake. You know, he gets... You know, I mean, going back to time, kind of try to change time, we're always, you know, to change events in time, we're always told in stories that, you know, it does exact a price. And,
0: you know, oddly enough, I think that actually goes back to the the ancient Greeks and the ancient Mm -hmm. Greek uh, tragedies, Uh, even though, you know, the the Greeks had no conception of time travel, but they had a, a concept of prophecy. And so they would like know the future and then they would try to stop it. Or change it,
1: or change it. But
0: then, whatever they would do to try to change it would always end up making things worse, or causing right. the thing—the exact thing they were trying to change—is right. Their actions made it happen. You know. Yeah, it's a self-fulfilling so,
1: prophecy. So self, I mean, yeah. that's you know, and and that's a that's another thing I think that in this book we don't really think about, but it really is kind of um, you know, especially for Jake Epp. Epping's overall story in this—it's a no good deed, you know, goes unpunished. As far as sure. you know, him jumping around the timeline and trying to kind of fix things, as it were. Yeah,
0: well, that's um, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely uh, something that I want to talk about in the spoiler uh, part because it, it really ties into some of my complaints about about. I have a few complaints. I won't say this is my favorite Stephen King. I, I still think it is probably my favorite. Although mm-hmm. this is definitely my second favorite. Um, I have a problem with the ending. I know that's a Stephen King cliche at this point. But it's a much <laughs> better ending than The Stand. The, I thought I The Stand was just an awful ending. And it, it kind of ruined it for me. And I'm the type of reader that I care a lot about endings. Like, I, I feel like you can judge a story by its mm-hmm. ending. You know, like, if the ending isn't good, the story isn't good. You know, that's that's my opinion. That's why... I'm very wary about reading like Game of Thrones sure. because I don't know how it ends, and I would hate to devote huge, you know, amounts of time only to get to the last book and be like, eh, you know, that's that's awful, you know. And, yeah. Um, and I actually think that that's kind of what's troubling George R. R. Martin because I think in the back of his mind, I imagine he, you know, I think a lot of people say, well, no one blames him for the failure of the show or the end of the show. But I think in the back of his mind, I think he's probably wondering, gee, I wonder if, you know, part of their, you know, uh, dislike of the ending was the actual story and not the execution of the story, you know. Um, So I I think that might be what's taking him so long to finish uh, Winds of Winter, I think it's called, right? Um, yeah the winds of winter so, uh yeah winds of winter and a dream of spring right and, last and, one. and who knows i mean he might not live long enough to finish it but but <laughs> that's what everyone's saying he's not going to live long enough because if it's taken 10 years to write winds of winter then we need another 10 years from to finish uh the you know the next one uh i think on the one hand he probably got a boost of 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 um, enthusiasm because the show was made his ideas so popular. But now with the fact that people sort of turned on the show, I think he's probably worried, uh, I think. And so, and and I'm sorry, the same way, like I really, really care about how things end. And so that's why I was never like a huge Stephen King fan. But I think that, um, you know, this book has a a, a decent ending. I mean, it's not so bad that it ruins the book and makes it a bad book. But I just wish that it was a little better. I I would have changed it. I think like just the last chapter. I think if he, he I think he could have just changed a few details in the last chapter, and that would have solved a lot of it. Um, I I feel like it was an interesting love letter to the nineteen fifties. I think mm-hmm. he does a good job of acknowledging the fact that it wasn't. I, I do think a lot of people sort of romanticize that time period. Uh, which is why I think you have a lot sure. of people. You know, when like Donald Trump says, you know, "Make America Great Again," what are they? Th- what is he referring to? And I think he's referring to this sort of romanticized 1950s, 60s time. Oh yeah, when there's really you know, this
1: romanticized time where everybody thinks things were peaceful and yeah you know but we you know with my mom and i talk about it frequently and i'm just like well a lot of people were sweeping things under the rug they weren't being taught you know i mean medicine and psychology things like that weren't enough you know good enough yet to understand that some of these are organic diseases and you know everybody was like buckle yourselves up and deal with it and you know a lot of americans silently suffered through you know those decades these days we just don't, you know, we talk about these things more often, and everybody's like, "Well, we didn't have these problems back sure. then," and it's like, "Well, we did. We just yeah. swept them under the rug," you know. And I mean, there are billions more people on the planet right. now than there were before. I mean, more of them are going to have problems.
0: Yeah, yeah like like gay <laughs> you know. people didn't exist in the in the fifties. They they just only now emerged from you know from what like didn't.
1: The, I'm sorry. What didn't exist in the fifties? Gay
0: people. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the LGBTQ <laughs> well, yeah. community did not exist. Uh right, yeah. You know, and
1: if they did become visible, they were murdered or yeah. Abused yeah. Well, that's, or... Why didn't,
0: yeah, that's why they. Yeah, that's why they. People assume they didn't exist, and that's why certain you know conservatives you know they're, they're like, well, why the why we have to deal with all these things now? And they just well, it was always there, but it didn't affect you, you know. And, Correct. Uh, and yeah. Racism, I think, yeah. is another thing where people just sort of ignored the fact that um, mm-hmm. and and I think he does a good job what, what I do like about the book is he does I mean I do think there are certain things that were better in the 50s I think there was a greater sense of community I think we didn't have to worry as much about uh, you know social media or cell phones or all the stuff we have today but at the same time, and he shows that side of the that time period. And I know he has he's got a soft spot for that time period because that's when he grew up. But he also shows that there was racism, and you know, he talks about how you know black people had to use like a, like they couldn't go to the bathroom in certain places, mm-hmm. and they had to go pee outside, whereas you know whites could could just use the bathroom, you know, right. that the the, the 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 businesses had provided. So, you know, I think he does kind of a pretty good job of not being entirely naive about the time. Um, but he does say, like, he, there's a, a, a point in time where he, he's afraid he might be stuck in the past. And he thinks about it and he says, you know, maybe that wouldn't be so bad. You know, like, like he acknowledges that he could live there and he really wouldn't miss much. Uh, Mm -hmm. of the modern world and so I I can kind of sympathize with that you know Mm -hmm. Um, just on a personal level you know because of who he was maybe if he was uh, gay or if the character was gay or black you know he might say oh no crap I'm going to go back to 2011 you know because (laughs) all right that's not my problem yeah yeah exactly (laughs) at some point it dragged a little bit where it just seemed like it was just about his life like, he was just living life because he's waiting mm-hmm. to to stop the assassination of JFK, but he's way too early because JFK is killed in 63, and he goes 63. back to 58, so he's got to wait five years, and so it's like, what yeah, does he to do for five years? He doesn't have much to do, and so he pretty mm-hmm. much just lives his life. And he you know, he becomes a teacher, and he gets involved in the, in a high school, and he, you know, he has relations with the students, and uh, falls in love with a girl, and so it's all it's just kind of like his life, and it's interesting, but I think it drags a little bit, and I think it could have been some of that mm-hmm. stuff could have been made shorter. Um, I really liked the the first part where he goes back to save uh, his. Um, his a student, uh, when his student was uh, a kid, and he he goes to stop the murder of you know the, this family that he knows is going to take place, and that was really gripping. That was like, oh man! Like it was like, a really, mm-hmm. was engaged in that. And, yeah, it was, was well set up. Yeah, it was really yeah, it was really well well set up. And also, what was interesting is that he says that the past doesn't want to be changed. Like, there's some sort of Contingency or something to kind of make the pet, which it reminded me uh, a lot of the time machine, uh, the story of the time machine. I don't know if mm-hmm. you, H. G. Wells' time machine, where um, I don't know if the book and the movie are different. I, m- I might get them mixed up, but I know in the movie, um, he's trying to go back in time to prevent the 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 death of his of his. Uh, his girlfriend. And, um, and so he invents the time machine in order to go back in time and save her. But every time he tries to go back and save her, something else kills her. Like she just keeps getting killed over and over again with just ridiculous things. I don't know, like a coconut falls on her head or something. It's like, it's like all these weird things where she just keeps dying in a different way. And and he can't save her. And he's like, why can't I save her? Like he doesn't understand. And toward the end of the movie, he discovers, well, the reason he can't save her is because if he had saved her and she had never died, he would have never had the motivation to build the time machine in the first place, you know. Uh, and uh-huh. so it's yeah. like in order for time to have a single thread, you know, he needed that motivation to have built the time machine. And so, so she had and the only motivation that he had was her death. And so she had to die for him to to have made it. And I, so, yeah. I, so I feel like Stephen King was. I think somewhat influenced by that idea, where he just says time doesn't want to be changed. And yeah, it's obdurate. The past it's is obdurate. obdurate. Yeah, I keep using the word yeah. obdurate. So, so uh, okay, so moving into spoiler territory. Yeah. Um, so this is the part where um, he basically he he tried he his mission is to stop uh, JFK's death, and the thinking goes. Correct. that if if he stops JFK from dying, um, then he will... um, There's going to be a butterfly effect that's going to have all these positive um, uh, influences on the future. On the future uh, to his
1: beliefs, yeah. Yeah,
0: basically, if JFK dies, then uh, Johnson will become president, and then Johnson Mm -hmm. is the one that really pushed for the continuation of the Vietnam War. So the thinking goes is that JFK would have stopped the war, he would have escalated war. the war, and of course sixty thousand Americans died in yep. Vietnam. And so so that was going to, you know, um save like sixty thousand Americans' lives. So there was really this belief that yeah the, the, the future could only be better by saving JFK. And of course I kind of doubted that. I was like, I'm sure that it's not really going to turn out so great. And of course oh, it, yeah. <laughs> and of course, it didn't turn out so great. Um, it didn't. But the thing that I, the thing that I didn't like is that he met this girl and they had this really great love story relationship. And, um, and one of the, uh, her ex-husbands tries to basically kill her and he slashes her face um, yes. And her face is very disfigured. And and that's something I thought was very endearing about the book is that even though her face was very messed up and she, she felt like, okay, now, you know, this guy isn't going to want me anymore. And he's like, no, I don't care. I love you. It doesn't matter what you look like. I thought, what well, you know, what, what a beautiful thing. What a great character. Uh, I thought that was great. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of hinted at where they go to the, the plastic surgeon and the surgeon's like, well, I'm you know doing the best I can, but you know, the technologies to really to really you know make her look good won't be invented yet for maybe another 30, 40 years. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. Like maybe he's, he's gonna take the, the girl into the future with him and she, they're gonna see modern doctors. And um, uh, they also have this kind of thing that kind of annoys me a little bit in stories where it's like the main character like has to keep a secret. From the love interest, and he just keeps thinking, "Well, I just I can't tell her, I can't tell her." But of course, of course, she finds out, and then she gets mad. Why didn't you tell me? You know. And then he's like, "Well, I didn't think you could handle it." And and I'm like, you know, I thought there was a lot of ways he could have just told her and proven to her that you know that he that right was, you know that he really is from the future, so she she doesn't think he's crazy. What well, I mean, I thought she could handle, it, but that seems to be very. Very kind of cliche in a lot of these stories, where it's like, oh, you can't find out I'm Superman because if you do, you'll lose your mind or whatever, or whatever <laughs> it is, you know.
1: It's, it's yeah, a that's whole
0: true. Lois Lane, you know, yeah, where <laughs> it's it's cliche. But you know, Stephen King, you know, he, but he did he does it very well. I think he executed it very well. So that's not really my complaint. I think my complaint right. is is I didn't expect everything to go well with JFK with saving him. Um, because he needs to go back to the future, like the movie, um, to see the results of his actions, what happened. Mm-hmm. And, of course, his actions were a catastrophe. Basically, the world yes. is completely is completely destroyed, basically, because there was you know, nuclear Armageddon and people mm-hmm. are living in bomb shelters. And I didn't actually have a problem with any of that. Um, that that's what happened. And it didn't surprise me because, again, butterfly effect, you don't know during the Cold War, sure. the tensions between the U.S. and Russia they were so intense and everybody oh, yeah. was worried about nuclear war. I mean, I remember growing mm-hmm. up when I was a kid, I grew up in Florida, and so they kind of told us, you know, Bay of Pigs, the missiles were in Cuba. Florida right. would have been the first state to get to get nuked probably. And so Correct. so we always had this fear over our heads and, and it wouldn't surprise me if JFK perhaps would have said the wrong thing or done the wrong thing and that would have led to to nuclear destruction Oh absolutely
1: um, well I mean my mom lived through all that yeah. um, that stuff was right around the corner and you know they were having regular drills and schools
0: of <laughs> bomb drills. so that's fine I have no problem with that The problem I have though, when he goes to save JFK, he's all these things are trying to stop him. He gets into a car accident, then he gets on a bus, and the bus has an accident, and it's like the the past is trying to stop him. And then his um, his girlfriend shows up, and she's like, "I'm going to help you. You you need my help, you know." Mm-hmm. And she does help him, but then she dies in the process. Lee Harvey Oswald turns his gun on him to try to stop him from 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 saving JFK, and I guess he ducks and, and his girlfriend gets shot. So now he's thinking, okay, all I got to do is go back in time, do everything over again. I know it's going to take five years, but he's going to do everything over again, not save JFK, to stop nuclear Armageddon, and but he's going to save his girl. But then he meets this guy, and this is this kind of Stephen King thing that I'm not really crazy about, where whenever Stephen King gets into these very sort of uh, highbrow fantasy elements. Look, whenever whenever things get very metaphysical, um, it's it's he doesn't really explain it very well. You know, it's very vague and it's very. He did the same thing with it, where it's like with it, it's like we weren't really clear exactly what Pennywise is, and there's supposedly a giant turtle that's like the size of galaxies and. It's like a <laughs> right. creature and it's kind of watching over the kids, but you're not really sure what kind of influence a turtle has. And it's, it's all very vague and dreamlike and confusing. And, and I kind of felt like the same thing here. There's a guy called the yellow card man and he basically looks like a bum on the side of the street and he has a yellow card in his hat. And um, and he always he he tells Jake you're not supposed to be here you gotta go back and he doesn't understand you know why this bum is telling him this and I knew that the guy would come back and toward the end of the story and oh, I, sure. and I guess every time he goes back the yellow card man you know he has a, a different color card so it's like an orange card or a black card and you don't really know the significance of the cards and why they're changing mm-hmm. colors Stephen King really doesn't explain uh, that very much. And I guess it's kind of vaguely hinted at that that these guys are kind of like guardians of the past. And they try to stop people from screwing up with the past because if you screw screw up with it too much, the past starts breaking. So like reality itself starts like kind of cracking and and falling Mm -hmm. apart. It's kind of like, I don't know, like a slinky that you just kind of. Play with too much. It's going to start breaking. Yeah. He's
1: just gone back too much and done too much and and, played around. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, I don't really... Like, I felt like that was not necessary. I think the nuclear Armageddon was enough. I don't think it was necessary to be like, oh, no, not only has there been nuclear destruction, but, uh, but also reality itself is going to be destroyed. I thought that was... It was unnecessary, and it was too much, and it wasn't explained very well... And and then the other thing is that the reality the reality breaking stuff is what prevents him from going back and saving his girlfriend because he's worried well if I go back and save my girlfriend or even if he goes back and and saves the family from getting murdered because everything's reset so now like the family he saved from getting murdered still gets murdered um he he's afraid to to change any of that because he's like oh I don't want to break reality and so basically mm-hmm. he ends up just doing nothing like he he just ends up fixing what he did and that's it and and so it's like it's almost like nothing happened it, it's like there was no consequences to the story having happened it's kind of like you know when people say well it was all just a dream you know it's like he wakes it was all just a dream and that's like the worst ending because what what you're telling the reader is none of it mattered Because none of it was real. And I kind of, and I'm not saying it's quite that bad, but I got a sense of that. Because none of it happened, I I guess. Except he remembered, the only thing is that he remembers having this relationship, this two, three year relationship with this girl. And it's kind of like, it's almost like, you know, it's like having a, a love story where you know, one of the lovers just gets murdered and you're like, well, I got, you know, I have memories of them and the end, you know, and I just, I don't know. I, I was, I just didn't like that ending. Not, not just because it was a kind of a bad ending, like a bummer ending. Um, but, but (laughs) just because everything was just so inconsequential, you know what I'm saying? So Mm. that's really, that's really what bugged me. I think, uh, what are your, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Um, you know, honestly, I kind of forgot about the reality breaking down angle okay. of the of the story. Um, it makes sense to me, though, uh, that that's something he would put into there. Um, I, I just kind of feel like it's like more of a symbol of how everything really is futile. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, I didn't really get anything nihilistic from it.
0: Um, yeah, no, I, would, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think King is the type of. I, I think King has always said he he's he's sort of he, he he's against like allegorical stories. Like he's not into that really. I yeah, I mean, him, I really like,
1: I did yeah. like you know the it it did, like I have to admit that it made me cry. So I was really thinking more about other things as far as the story went um it's tragic it's
0: definitely emotional without a doubt you
1: know yeah uh but um for me that was kind of like the bigger picture over the more existential uh you know things going on in the book um but i can see where you're coming from and i don't i don't disagree with you i'm just saying that it didn't really um impact the way sure. I enjoyed the story yeah you
0: know? well I mean even if like okay so I don't have a I'm not the type of person that thinks okay everything needs to be neatly explained you know and right. and, and, and I do see a lot of people who critique books who are like well this didn't make sense and that didn't make sense and I'm like well you know life doesn't make sense right reality right the world we live in doesn't make sense so and I think that what matters in a story is what makes sense to the character so it's like sure. if you're if you're telling a story through the eyes of the character, then that's really all you need to know is what the character knows. And so sure. I didn't know I didn't really have a, a huge problem with the the existential aspect of it. What bothered me is that the existential aspect of it had an impact on the everyday reality of that character saying this character cannot be with his lover because Existential issues, you see. That's that's really so. So like, I would have been fine if he had just said, "Okay, I can't save JFK, but I'm gonna go save my 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 girl," you know. Because and and maybe he could just go have brought her into the future, and it wouldn't have impacted too much. And then and then they could have just kind of lived happily ever after. I don't know. I just I just would yeah. have liked a better ending. That's all, you know. And I think the last chapter he could have uh, written it that way. I I don't know, you know.
1: Yeah. And you could be right about that. Um, But I, you know, I think he went through so much second guessing of himself uh, and he was probably like, you know, I just have to stop at some point because even if I, you know, continue this or, you know, make everything okay with her, uh, I could still just something else could go wrong in the future. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what he
0: was worried about, you know, but we had seen though that when he saved the family from getting (laughs) murdered, the world was okay. Like, he didn't shatter reality by saving the family. And so and so I thought, okay, why can't he, you know, why can't he save his girl? And, again, it's not because, okay, tra- I'm fine with tragic endings, if that's the point. Oh, this is a tragedy. What bugged me is that his his quest was save JFK. And and along the way, it it, it turned into, like, okay, he can't save JFK, he failed in that quest, but he found another quest along the way, which is save this girl. And 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 you know, I thought, okay, that's great. Like I like the I like the the idea of a character who, who has a mission, and he he ends up finding a more important mission to himself, a more personal mission. And that way, you can say he achieved something, right? Uh, that's all. I just wanted the character to achieve something. You know, that's all. Um, that's my only complaint. But aside from that, it was it was a very good. It was a riveting story right up until the end. I just would have changed the ending, but you know, you and uh, Daniel Green seem to to love it and have no complaints. So,
1: you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did love it. I mean, I think that like in the end of it too, he just kind of like. Jake Ebbings realized that he just needed to let, you know, Sadie go have her own life, yeah, and really you know, without matter. him. And um, so I didn't have a problem without that, e- you know, or I didn't have a problem without, e- yeah, God, I can't yeah. say it. I did not have a problem with that either. Okay, okay. Um, I thought it was, you know, probably appropriate because he just was kind of mucking around and making everything worse uh, you know,
0: Yeah, maybe <laughs> so I'm just so he... old fashioned romantic. Maybe I just wanted the, the guy to get the girl. I, I don't know. But I did too. You yeah. know, so
1: that was kind of like my, <laughs> but I did, it's like he's got I did have memories. a the memories.
0: You know, he's got, he's got the memories. Like I get, that's kind of how it ended. Like kind of sweetly with, uh, he finds her when she's an old lady and he dances with her and, uh, and she doesn't remember him, but he remembers her and it's kind of right. nice a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you know, I don't know, but uh, but I, I did enjoy it. I recommend I recommend it to readers. Um, yeah, it
1: was uh, a really good book. I
0: loved it. It was it was a <laughs> good book. Well, I think any book that you know, eight hundred pages that, that can keep you invested and wanting to read it and caring about the characters and liking you know liking what's happening. Yeah, um, I, I think I think it's a good book, and um, yeah,
1: it was a solid story,
0: definitely. Uh, but again, I like but I like it better. It had a happy ending. Oddly enough, a lot of terrible things <laughs> happen, it. some of the main characters die, but it had a happy ending. So I don't know. Maybe again, I mean, I don't always like you know happy endings. I mean, you know, Nineteen Eighty Four is one of my favorite books, and that has a horrible ending, but that's kind of the point. It's like look how bad this is, you know. Um, I did not have yeah. a problem with. You know, um, for example, The, the Handmaid's Tale. That, that, that has kind of a, a dark ending, and, and I'm fine with that. Scarlet Leather, same thing. One of my favorite books. Very, very, very tragic, very depressing. Um, but, you know, but that's it's kind of the point. It has a message to it. It has a point to it. Yes, this is tragic. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be tragic, you know. Here, I felt like, was the tragedy necessary? I don't know. But uh, but anyway, that's that's my that's my two cents. And uh, do you have anything else to add to it before we go? No, I don't think I have anything else to add.
1: I'm glad you read it, though. I was really excited about it. Convinced everybody to read that one. So I just felt really great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and I'm glad I could like it because a lot of these podcasts we've been doing, I've just been like ragging on all the books we read.
1: And I'm like, (laughs) no, no,
0: I like this. I think Stephen King is a writer's writer. He's the type of person that he appreciates – Mm-hmm. storytelling and language and words and you know he he's someone that you know he views storytelling as an art form and i think as an art form that's something that I, yeah. I i i feel like a lot of modern day books it's just like it's just oh just jump on whatever is popular and you know yeah trending and yeah you're and right about that ride that wave and, and they write stories that you know once the, the, the popularity of it ends, we kind of look back and say, oh, that kind of sucked. That's, that's not good. I think King's work is going to stand the test of time. Hi, this is Nick Alamonos coming to you from the future. Uh, I decided that I would watch the uh, TV show, uh, which is on Hulu, of 112263. And uh, just to give you a little bit of my thoughts about the show um, and whether or not you should watch it. So I definitely recommend reading the book first, as it is a greatly superior uh, to the show. Uh, what really surprised me, though, is that the show is really, really different. I mean, it, the plot is so different and the events are so different that it almost feels like a different version uh, of the same story. And I can't really imagine that uh, Stephen King would have approved of those changes. And Stephen King is actually listed as a producer in the credits. So what I'm thinking happened is that most of the changes that were made, because the changes are so radical, um, I feel like the changes were actually made by Stephen King himself. Um, I think at one point in one of the interviews, I think Stephen King said, if anyone is going to mess with my story, it's going to be me. So I think this is an example of that. It really feels like uh, an author who was sort of rethinking the way that his book would be written. It's almost like a a different version of it. Uh, 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 It's almost like the book was a draft of the same story. And this is just like another draft, a, a more updated draft. But I really can't say that it's a better version. I think it's just a more made-for-a-TV-show version because there's a lot of pacing issues. Um, A lot of the book just deals with the main character's life and the things he does and the classes he teaches and the relationship he has with his students. And I think a lot of that just wouldn't translate as well to the screen because I think that... Things need to be very dynamic on screen. Um, What I will say is that James Franco is great, as always. I've always really liked James Franco as an actor, especially ever since I saw him in, um, I believe it's 127 Hours. Uh, Great movie. It really shows his acting chops. So I do recommend watching the show. It isn't really fantastic, however. I do think it actually corrects a few of the things I didn't like about the book. Um, And these are some spoiler warning if you don't want to listen. Um, But a lot of the stuff dealing with the universe uh, breaking apart and things like that, a lot of that was sort of dismissed. And mainly the, the show really just focuses on... Uh, sort of the the nuclear destruction that is caused by the fact that JFK survived and how there's a butterfly effect. It's not like JFK instigated a war with Russia, but it's more of everything that happened after. But the main thing that really bugged me from the book is that he never gets together with uh, with Sadie. Uh, I really wanted him to end up with Sadie, and it really bothered me that he wasn't. And the show basically does the same thing. He goes back in time, and he realizes that, I guess, the yellow card man tells him that even if he tries to save Sadie, something else is going to happen and is going to cause her to get killed. So in the book, he didn't want to save Sadie because he was worried that the universe would be torn apart. But here, I guess he's worried that he's going to end up in some sort of cosmic loop, in some sort of time loop where he'll never be able to save Sadie. And that's something that never really made any sense to me because it wasn't as if Sadie was meant to die. Like, it would be different if she was supposed to die and he couldn't save her because that was her destiny. But in this case, it almost seems like the only reason she dies is because Jake Epping tries to To go back in time to stop the assassination of JFK and she comes along to help him and gets killed in the process. So what I don't understand is if you went back in time to save her and they didn't go to save JFK, then what would cause her to die? Like Why would she die if she was never really meant to die? So that's just something that never really made, it, it didn't really make sense to me. Um, the other thing I have to say, that I feel really was ruined in the show, I think the worst part of the show, is that in the book, when Sadie's ex-husband stabs her in the face, it is like this horrible disfigurement that she suffers. The book describes her face. Uh, It's almost like those stroke victims where half of their face has been paralyzed and can't move and they can't smile. And so, you know, the muscles under her skin are just like paralyzed and even her eye kind of droops down and it's just, it's just a really awful, awful disfigurement. And, you know, she's like embarrassed to go out and, uh, and he says, you know, like she says, like, how can you still love me looking like this? And, you know, he says, I don't care what you look like. I I still love you. And it was a very touching moment in the book and it was a really powerful moment In the show I'm not kidding you, in the show after she's stabbed in the face it, it literally looks like like somebody just took like a red crayon and just drew a very faint line on the side of her face it is the most like poorly done makeup I've ever seen it doesn't look like a scar at all or if it is it's the most faint scar imaginable I mean it looks like maybe she cut herself with a with a I don't know with a butter knife or something I mean this is not in any way like a severe disfigurement and so when she's like well you know will you still love me well of course I mean she hasn't changed She's, like, still incredibly beautiful. And the actress they picked to play her is incredibly beautiful. And this tiny, thin little mark on her face is like, are you kidding me? That's nothing. That's nothing. You know, I wouldn't mind that at all. If anything, it kind of makes her look a little cool, a little, a little cyberpunk, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's almost laughable how, how, how just faint... And and minor her scar is in the show compared to the book, and I have no idea why they did that. I don't know. Maybe it was cause of budgetary reasons. Maybe they just felt like I don't I don't know. It'd be too difficult to to do the kind of disfigurement that she suffers in the book on camera. I don't know. But for me, that was like a huge disappointment because that was kind of like this very emotional part of the book that I really liked, which is sort of taken away um, in the show. So that's, that's probably my biggest complaint about the show. And me and my wife were just kind of laughing at it and thinking, really? Like that's, that's the problem. So that's pretty much uh, my review of the show. Um, I don't remember the show getting a lot of, um, praise or attention when it came out. It kind of just came and went. And I think it's because it's, it's okay. It's not, it's not a great show. It's all right. So, uh, so I, you know, I think the book is, Definitely much, much better, and I would I would just stick to the book and if you enjoy the book and you you know want to check it out, then yeah, check out the show, but definitely definitely read the book first so anyway, um, so I think that's it for for eleven twenty two sixty three I am currently reading because of the TV show uh, the Wheel of Time, which um, I'm a hundred pages into that. And I don't know if I'm gonna quit. I, I think you said you quit uh, reading it, um, but you know there's a show now, and that, that's what people are talking about. And I know it's I think it's Daniel Green's favorite series. So uh, so maybe maybe our next podcast will be about that.
1: Yeah, maybe I yeah I read um, a majority of the book. I okay. uh, did not end up liking it, however.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um... I wanted to sneak that in there, sneak in a little bit. Uh, I mean, I think it's well-written. I just, I think it's very, very wordy. And I don't mean wordy in the sense, typically when an editor gives you a, a wordy comment, it means like a sentence just has too many words in it that are mm-hmm. not necessary. But in this instance, I mean, it's just like, Maybe I should come up with a new term like de- detaily it's it just there's just too much he's telling us about they're just not necessarily we don't need to know about every pig and sheep in the barn and how exactly he's making his breakfast I mean we just we just don't need to know all the stuff <laughs> it's like it's like a right. hundred pages in and I've met every villager in, in in the village and and finally something is happening finally there's there's some some something that kind of push the right. story along but i had to read 100 pages just just to 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 just get, to get, to, to, get to the hook you know of, of the story the crux of the story and also yeah. you you said it's you said you don't think it's a lord of the rings clone and maybe it isn't but from what I've read so far, it feels like a Lord of the Rings clone.
1: Does it feel like it? Yeah, I don't really recall it being a Lord of Maybe the Rings clone. Maybe it changes. I mean, it I'm away, far but... enough into the TV show at this point that I really don't think it is. Okay, yeah. But,
0: uh... but you have the magic of TV. You see, I I can't watch the show until I read the book. So, uh, but <laughs> yeah. it's, but it's like a hundred. I'm a hundred pages into it, and basically, um. You know, they're in a small village far away from, you know, much of civilization, and they don't get much news. And then a mysterious, some mysterious figures show up and give them news of the outside world, and there's a beautiful a woman that uh, was Morgan. Morgan. I don't know. Uh, Moraine. Moraine, yeah, which reminds me of Galadriel. And, uh, you know, and then you have, uh, you know, these mysterious black riders, which remind me of the Nazgul. So, I mean, so far, it feels a lot like Lord of the Rings, but, you know, maybe it's going to change. We'll, we'll see. Um, yeah. We'll see. Um, Just wait. Yeah, but I think as a fantasy uh, author... I just feel like I need to sample. I got, I got to get a taste of, of, of every series just to know what's out there and to know what I'm up against, you know, and uh, that's it. So maybe we'll talk about that more. Maybe I'll give up and we'll read something else. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but until next time. Bye. <laughs> thank you, Heather, for doing this. And, yeah, uh, thanks, Nick. Listening to my rants. And, uh, and if you guys, uh, if, if we have any listeners out there, uh yeah. you know just uh give us uh give us a like and share something with, uh, with see, share just this the podcast so. a little yeah. bit with uh you know with anyone who you think might like to listen to us uh ramble about, ramble mostly ramble about books about books yeah so so thanks a lot until next time all right
1: i'll talk to you later <laughs>